Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here's your host, Evan Hackle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting edition of Training Unleashed. Today, we have a great guest, Chad Sanderson. Chad is an expert in sales training, and what I like about him is because this is Training Unleashed, He's kind of unleashed in how he thinks about things. He talks about being raw, no, no BS, and uh, you know, getting rid of the theory fluff and getting down to the nitty-gritty. Uh, he is a thought leader in the area of training. He uh, was named a top five emerging training leader by Training Magazine. Um, he works uh, in the space of sales training, and today we're going to focus on something I think you're all going to find interesting, which is the sales experience, how to keep your sales team from killing your brand and your bottom line. And uh, I think this is a pretty, uh, pretty interesting topic. So Chad, let, let's just get going here and ask you, how do salespeople kill the brand? How do they kill your bottom line? <laughs> well, the expectations of the people that they're interacting with have changed, right? And everybody talks about changing buyer expectations, but we've gotten to a point where those expectations have changed so drastically that if a sales team is not aware of how to meet those expectations and engage, then they have a tendency to put people off and that can slow down sales. It can create friction. They're not trained typically in a way to engage with another person and uncover their perspective. And as a result, these people will go find someone who is better suited to collaboration, to understanding them, uh, to making sure that they're working with a, a consultant more than a salesperson. And we're seeing too often today that these expectations aren't being trained uh, into the sales teams. So, so what you're saying is that the, sale, the salespeople, is it a training issue? Is it a, is it a hiring and attitudinal issue? Is it, uh, is it companies don't focus enough on it? Where's the root cause? <laughs> That's a great question. It's all of the above, really. Uh, so it starts with it starts with just kind of where we are, right? Like the generational reality of where we are. Everybody has phones. Everybody's inundated with data. Everybody probably has the Amazon Prime app. So they all are used to getting what they want, when they want, how they want, the information, the way they want it, something that's going to help them make a decision. Uh, and so these expectations for frictionless experiences, which have been driven by millions upon millions of dollars in what uh, B2C consumers know as customer experience have changed because those B2C people, they live B2B lives. They, they are your buyers and they bring those expectations with them as they now engage with B2B sellers who have not been trained, uh, who also live in the same instant gratification kind of world, B2C world that we live in and have not been trained how to ask the questions and engage and understand where that buyer is in their journey. We're, you know, the old sales methodologies, there's a lot of great stuff there, um, but it comes down to people and the people have changed. And because of all of the inundation we get from media, from, you know, everything from your apps to how many emails you get a day, Slack, whatever it is, uh, people's brains are actually changing to move, to accept the information in a way that allows them to handle it. And so it has a tendency to read between the lines or not read between the lines. And that speed at which people move, sales teams haven't been trained or, or have not been uh, enabled to tackle that in a way that's not going to have negative consequences for the top line or for the brand as a whole. You know, as I listen to you, I think it'd be helpful for our listeners if maybe you could share a case study 
uh, you know, hide the brands, hide the, hide the names for the innocent, but you know, what you found, what you learned, what you did and what the outcome was. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we work with, we work with companies all over the globe from startups to large tech companies and healthcare. I train not just salespeople, but, but we work with and have trained consultants. We've trained graphic designers. We've trained front of client facing development leads, data scientists, because it's about having a communication framework. So if we think about um, we were, and I'll, I'll drop some names that I know I can drop. We drop, we work with companies like Adobe. We train their sales force. We work with some of the big four consulting firms and train their consultants. But what we see is that when people, you know, if you look at all the stats, anybody who's in the B2B space, by the time they engage with a salesperson, they're typically 75 plus percent of the way through their decision-making process. Now it's, that's not really new. It's just the way the human brain works and the fact that they have access to this thing called Google. And so once they get to Google, they think they have all the answers. So a salesperson, when they engage now, is actually starting at a later point in that decision-making process. So we had a client, um, I, I won't name the name, uh, sizable global sales force. And uh, they were doing great. They went public. Uh, they, were, they were trending well, but it, it, things started to stagnate. We started to see sales velocity decrease where, where the length of the sales cycle get longer. The deal sizes were suffering. Uh, the responsiveness that the sales reps were able to get uh, commitment from in terms of their prospects actually showing up for meetings and stuff was suffering. And when we went in and, and looked and worked with them, what we found was they were selling from a process and a methodology that was built for their employer, not to align with the buyer's journey, not to align in a way that would help them ask the questions to uncover what the motivations were on the buyer's side. So we went in and we, we did what we do. We trained the sales force. We worked the managers. We didn't really change the process because that process is there because the company needs the ability to predict revenue and forecast things. But we aligned with that so that, that the training and the methodology that we put in place allowed us to train them to ask the right questions, to gain access to the distributed power bases that we're seeing today. And fast forward about nine months, uh, during an analyst call, the CEO was, at, was asked, how did you double your stock price from January 1 to now? And he, there were a lot of reasons that he gave, but one of the ones that was very specific was we basically trained our teams to ask the right questions in the right way. And that's what this is about. We have a tendency in this me, 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 me society, Instagram, do the duck face, whatever you want to do. It's all about us. And so getting ourselves to slow down to be present, to listen, to ask questions and guide a conversation uh, is you have to have a framework that allows that to be to do consistently and at scale across an organization. And once you do that, once you get that consistency, once you enable people and train them how to ask the questions, then you start to see those types of results. And that's just one example uh, from, from a global sales force that we've worked with. Let me make a comment and then, then I've, got, I've got another good question for you. For all the people who are listening, which most of you are in the training profession, take credit. Take credit. You know, a little thing like aligning the sales team with the right questions has a huge impact. And what we do as training professionals has a huge impact on business. And it's so easy in, in the world for people to discount training. That's what we talk about. And what Chad's talking about, that's why I'm so happy he's here because he's unleashing this idea, the power of great training and what a difference it can make in companies. So, so take credit. So, Chad, what I want to know is when you decided, okay, I'm going to ask the right questions, 
Did you work with the sales team to understand what the right questions were, or did you work with customers or both? Uh, or, or lawyers? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not lawyers. Um, the, the answer is actually both, right? And so the beauty of, of the framework that we teach is we need to understand somebody's business. We need to understand, you know, how they engage and capture customers. You know, what is that journey that they go through? But the framework itself is designed to ensure regardless of industry, regardless of what you're doing, that you can have a consistent and precise conversation that allows you as a, as a seller or a consultant or, or anybody to know where you are in terms of the process of getting across the line to determine if there is a reason for us to continue working together, to do business together. So it doesn't matter what you're selling. We, have, we like to say we have customers that sell paper cups. Uh, and we have a paper cup distributor uh, where we train the sales force and they saw margin increases of over 20% on paper cups. And then we have people that sell parts to nuclear reactors and everything in between. And so are there really companies that only sell paper cups because the only time yes. I've ever heard of that is on shameless. Yeah, no. And the office space is the one that comes the U S version of office space is the yeah. one that comes up. But yes, they sell the biggest portion of the products that they sell are paper cups to restaurants, bars, you know, things sure. of that nature. And, and it's, uh, it was a huge boon for them just by asking the right questions. So f the beauty of the framework is we understand buyer behavior. Um, we don't necessarily always get the opportunity to really dive into your specific buyer behavior, but everything we do is reverse engineered from the way the human brain works, the way that decision-making process happens. And we turn it into a, a, a tool we call a value prompter that allows you to uncover the other person's view of the problems and the ideal solution so that you can provide insight through asking probing questions to expand out that view to include problems and capabilities only you can solve with solutions only you can provide. And it becomes a prompter. And so it is really working with the Salesforce. I was lucky enough to be trained. So I started my career in marketing. Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> I spent nine years in marketing. And then I jumped into enterprise sales, of carrying a quote, carrying a bag, had a quota. I was lucky enough to be trained in this framework when I started that journey. Uh, within 93 days of being trained, I closed my first million dollar deal. Within 123 days, 24 days, I closed my first multi-million dollar deal. And it wasn't because there's anything special about me. It's because this framework helped me stay on track. And consistency is the number one thing that sales reps and sales organizations or consulting organizations need to do to truly drive the bottom line and deliver on a brand promise. We're so glad you're listening to this episode of Training Unleashed, brought to you by Tortal Training. The difference between Tortal Training and other online training companies is we're primarily a training company with technology rather than a technology company that does training. Want to find out more? Just go to tortal.net. That's T-O-R-T-A-L, tortal.net. When I listen to you, I hear sort of a concept of the right questions. Uh, but there's also another concept which is called the powerful question, you know, the question that evokes need or evokes value or, or something of that nature. Any, you know, kind of generic kind of questions that like are almost always great questions for salespeople to use? Yeah. yeah. So in our framework, that w these are what we would call anxiety questions. So sometimes we want to introduce anxiety uh, to, to get an emotional reaction, to bring them into the present because people are attempting to, to multitask, which obviously isn't possible, but they try it anyway. And so the easiest thing is to ask 
you know, what is the number one thing they're focused on to contribute to the overall business objective? So this is where doing homework comes in. So if you've looked at a, you know, a company of, of uh, CEOs made a statement, Hey, we want to be 20 billion by 2020. They're usually those cute mission statements. Yeah. The, the very easy question is hey, to demonstrate you've done your homework is, Hey, I noticed your CEO said you want to be 20 billion by 2020. How are you specifically being tasked to contribute to that success? And ideally what we're looking for is them to tell us, I have to do something in a certain amount of time. We want them to give us a time bound quantifiable. Maybe it's how they're measured, although that's not always the case. What is that? And then one of the anxiety questions to, to keep that or elicit that emotional reaction is quite simply, what happens if you don't accomplish that? And what we're doing is we're bringing future consequences into the present, into the forefront. And then it becomes a simple process of going through and asking, opening, probing, and confirming questions, confirm back what you heard so that we can capture their view of everything they need to do, that they need to bring in, and most importantly, how they're going to quantify the value to the organization because we don't create the value. We uncover it. We uncover the other individual's perception of value and connect to it. And it's a subtle shift. It is, it is a very, very subtle shift, but it is extremely powerful. Love those questions. Okay, so let me sum. Um, you work with a client, you talk to the salespeople, you talk to the customers, you kind of learn the right questions, what to ask. I, I'm hearing from you that you want to focus on being really to the point because people have done 75% of the work and they don't want you asking stupid questions and wasting their time. Right. Is that, is that Correct. I'm, I'm presuming it, that it's, it's true. Yeah. The stats actually show uh, it was a gong. I think it was gong.io did an assessment across um, their database of sales calls. And they found that uh, I think it's, I want to say it's nine to 11 questions are really all you get before friction starts to, to cre creep up. And if you're dealing with a C-level exec, you really get three to five questions. So you don't want to just walk in and wing it, right? Yeah. Everything we do today is a discipline. We need to be prepared. So the other interesting stat is that the shorter the question, the more information you have a tendency to get. Wow. So you figure out the right questions, you test it, you know it works. How do you train the team on executing? Yeah, so it depends on the team that you're training, first and foremost. So our approach is extremely what we call participant-centered. That's probably a term your audience knows very, very well. So we have them go through an online class before they ever come into the two-day workshop. That is simply to give them the vernacular and understanding of the words. We're using real accounts or real scenarios or real challenges that they are in and we take them through this framework across the two days so that they're practicing these behaviors. They're understanding how to quickly under, uh, uncover what is motivating a buyer. How do I create these questions? What is it about me and my organization that differenti is differentiated in the marketplace and how do I turn those into questions to help that individual understand uh, that we can solve things nobody else can or provide capabilities that no one else has. And so we go through this framework the first day, the capstone, the day two, is all about, okay, we're going to have you prep for a meeting you're going to have in the next five to 10 business days. You're going to walk out of here with, a, with a, what we call a pre-call prompter. So the value prompter with your questions in it, your open probe and confirm for that individual that you're going to talk to. And then they go out and they practice it. The reinforcement is key as everyone everyone here knows right two two days alone does not make a, a change and yeah. so then it's more about they go out in the field they practice it and we've trained the managers how to coach and how to mentor and how to 
uh, inspect using this framework with five or six questions of their own that they ask each rep so everyone knows exactly where you are in the process. It is, you know, we've, I've done some where we do virtual, but reality is um, the credibility of the trainer is critical. And so with, um, you know, I'll use Adobe as an example. With Adobe, we, we do the training. Um, myself and, and my business partners do the training. The beauty of that is we are sales executives that have run teams, carried quotas, and today are 100% uh, commissioned sales reps. So our life is selling it and as well as implementing it. So there's a credibility that comes with that to provide that foundation. Then the internal trainers well, with Adobe have crew, we've worked with them to create a two-week uh, reinforcement path where their trainers take over and drive drive these behaviors and this practice so you get a solid foundation. I like to think of it as a house, right? We're going to put the foundation in and that foundation is going to work whether you want mountain contemporary, all right, if you want brownstone, if you want something that's more colonial. The foundation is the foundation. The enablement teams and those internal trainers have to understand it so they know what they can build on top of it. And it works across Everything from outbound sales, inside sales, like I said, consultants, customer success teams, uh, it doesn't matter what the house is, foundation is the foundation is the foundation, and it's all about that reinforcement. Hmm. So are you able to train the company so after you've done this initial thing, they can do onboarding of new, of new salespeople, or, is it, or do you work with people continuously? Um, it depends on the size of the organization. So for the large organizations that are experiencing really rapid growth, um, sales enablement is, is often overtasked, right? We all know that the, the trainers, unfortunately, um, not getting the largest budgets perhaps that they need. Although with Amazon's recent announcement that they're going to spend $7,000 per employee on, on up-leveling their skills, maybe that changes. But right now, kind of overburdened. So when we work with these organizations... Um, we'll have, we'll, we'll have some advice and some lessons learned for them as they build their onboarding plan. And as part of that, we'll come in and we'll do that two day foundational course to really drive home the foundation, really make sure that the, the credibility of these people know that it works. And then the enablement goes off and does the rest of it. We'll check in if the customer wants, maybe we'll do some deal reviews with the, you know, with the manager here and there. But our goal ideally is to make the organization as self-sufficient as possible. So, you do all this work. I suspect that not every salesperson can make the adjustment. They don't have the personality, they, et cetera. How often do you find that there's a hiring issue and that they, they need to, to reevaluate the process of hiring? I, I would say right now it's probably a 50, 50 split. Um, oh. Because number one, the, the, the market today, the sales talent is so thin, right? Everybody's got jobs, economy's doing well. Really powerful proven sales reps are tough to come by. So some organizations uh, that don't have kind of the checks and balances in place for this is the type of person we're looking for with this type of experience. Some people get in, right? And, and they're not a good fit, but, but the onboarding processes identify that pretty quickly which is where I've seen organizations. And that's why the trainers become so critical. They're the ones that are going to be spending time, you know, with these individuals as they go through the onboarding. So if they are, you know, the internal experts on the tools and techniques and processes that are being taught or being leveraged by the organization, they can also raise the flag. So I see companies not as worried as much about getting it right on day one, but definitely making sure by day 30 or day 60 that they've really run this individual through their paces to ensure it's a good fit for both parties. 
Interesting. Well, I'd love to talk forever, but we have to start to come to a little bit of an end. Um, how do people reach you? And I know you have an offer, so uh, what please, uh, please share. Yeah, there's a couple actually. So if you want to come directly to me, LinkedIn's the best way. Um, you, I can't miss me. I right? can't miss my profile. Just chat. It's just literally forward slash Chad Sanderson. Um, if you go to valueselling.com and hit the resources page, there are two or three uh, eBooks that you can download free of charge that will give you more insight into how we approach this, some of the training uh, successes that we've had, some of the approaches that we recommend. And then for anyone who wants to have a deeper conversation, uh, shoot me an in-mail through, through LinkedIn and just simply put the title of this podcast in it. And as a result of that, as we go through the conversation, if we should happen to find a reason to do business together, then there's a, there's a discount that comes with that 5% off anything that we might do together. So multiple ways to get me direct way would be straight through LinkedIn. So Chad, for the sake of time, I chose one of the things you work with. Can you just quickly share with people the other types of, uh, of training and things you work with companies? Yeah, so we do, I mean, we do sales training. It's, it's easier for, I think, for me to say we do value articulation transformation is really what it's about. So if you look at your entire revenue funnel, we train anybody that touches that revenue funnel from outbound prospecting training. We have a, a implementation that mirrors seamlessly with our value selling framework. So on the front end, there's that. Then there's the value selling core. There's management coaching, leadership coaching, executive coaching. And then of course, there's strategic account management, client success coaching that we do. We also do competitive differentiation with marketing teams, marketing content strategy training, and of course, ABM training using this framework, which drives significant alignment across the entire organization. That's great. Uh, Chad, I always end and ask you if you were going to share one tip with sale, people, not in sales, people in the training profession, and it doesn't have to be about what you just talked about. It could be about anything. What would that one tip be for people in, in the training profession? I think, I think every trainer has to really focus on authenticity. It's the stories that they bring into the classroom. It's their experiences and their expertise that capture people's attention. And sometimes I think we have a tendency, I have a tendency to see trainers trying to be what they believe a trainer should be rather than the best version of themselves as a trainer. That authenticity makes all the difference in the learning process for your class. Well, that's fantastic. That's a great tip. Very good tip. Uh, Chad, it's been a pleasure having you. I want to thank the audience for, for listening. Uh, I think this is, uh, was time well spent. So I appreciate you very much, Chad. My pleasure. This has been Training Unleashed, but it doesn't stop here. Just go to trainingunleashed.net to subscribe to the show. That way, you'll never miss an episode, and you'll be well on your way to delivering training programs that are off the chain. We'll talk to you next time on Training Unleashed. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.